Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the NFL Podcast will only answer to Mr. Big Chest. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Free agency week is here. It's here, boys. And you know how I know it's an important week? Because Mark's got a sport coat on. You nailed it. <laughs> got a text message at 842, group text message, labeled under ATN boys. That's how I. That's the subhead for the group. Boys with a Z. With a Z. 842 from Mark Sessler, wearing a sports coat today. <laughs> that's how you know this is a big week. A lot of times I try to get certain amounts of laundry done during the weekend, and um, I'm not saying it's only for that reason, but I'm yeah. at the point where like all I had left were shirts I hadn't really worn since like 2014, so I thought <laughs> I'm going to go, right. up, I'm gonna go now, up the ladder. Now let's be honest, though. There's a little bit of ambition bleeding out of the pores here, sweating out of the pores. You want to kill it this week. You know you know the, the, the eyes of the world, football of the world, inside this building. What are the ATN guys going to say? Oh, we have NFL.com shows, uh, video shows going up. We got our Twitter show coming up. We got four pods coming up this week. It's your time to shine. It's Mark's time. Well, I mean, it's I. Th- none of that is so entirely wrong that I I have no problem showing up in a sports coat this specific week. But the idea that you would put it as personal ambition is misdiagnosed. <laughs> Wes brought up big velvet, so yes, this is a big week. I'm but- not. You're you are we're in a place where we're competing with Wes's wardrobe at this point too. I mean, what? Where he was two years ago, three years ago with his clothing, he'd be wearing like an NFL Network, one of those like summery. Little short sleeve shirts that they give you something like, out of the NFL yeah. shop. That would that was an it old West now. move, and Wes likes to say it has nothing to do with the Paramore coming. That's to his not life. what I say. Everything changed. My style definitely changed. She brought it out of me, but a lot of what I pick out and wear gets credited to her. And you're wearing velvet today. Who would have thought? Two Which years I bought. Ago, I I view it kind of like what velvet. You're a defensive minded head coach that hired a great 
offensive coordinator, you're not really happy that he's getting, or she in this case, is getting all the, the pop for scoring so many points. In no way, shape, or form am I a defensive-minded head coach. I am all offense, baby. Um, all right. Well, so, yes. It's a busy well, week. Should we just start this show with some breaking news? Let's do it. It better. I mean, it better not be about Paul Reiser we, or anything. Is, is it a real breaking news? Sources, according to uh, Ian Rappaport, Former Giants star Landon Collins is signing with the Washington Redskins for $84 million over six seasons. Interesting. As we as we start the show, that literally drops on so Mar- So the, the Giants made the decision that they could not, at least what it seemed from the outside, they couldn't decide if Landon Collins was worth star money. But Wes, the, the Redskins, the Washington football organization, they have no qualms. They have zero qualms. Played against him twice a year, every year, and saw how much of a difference maker he is, saw how much of a playmaker he is, and they seem to be really reshaping their defense. Uh, word around the campfires they're in on C.J. Mosley, too, and are willing to trade Mason Foster and Zach Brown, their inside linebackers. So this could be a totally different defense next year. I essentially do not trust the Redskins front office to do much of anything right. I mean, that just seems to be an ongoing theme for them. But who isn't under intense pressure to produce immediately this season. And their defense has been an issue for a long time. Well, that includes their defensive coordinator, who they kept, Greg Minuski, even though they literally interviewed people for his job and then didn't hire them. And this is a team, we've talked about it here, that's desperate. And I think people have looked at the Alex Smith contract and thought, okay, well, this team you know, isn't going to be able to spend. But they have some cap space. And I think they, they're approaching the Alex Smith situation, especially after getting Case Keenum. The only way they can, which is just it's a sunk cost, and you just have to ignore that it happens. I mean, Pittsburgh is paying as much for Antonio Brown on the cap as Washington is paying for Alex Smith, and they're still going to try to do business, and this is aggressive. I want to see the guaranteed money, but it certainly is good news, I think, for all the safeties out there trying to make some money this year because no matter what it is in the first two or three years in the guaranteed money, it's going to be a lot, and he's going to be the highest paid. Rap sheet has... $45 $45 million guaranteed and paid out over the first three years. There you go. All right, a lot of big names on the move. Another one is Nick Foles. It's been speculated for weeks and weeks that he would end up with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's exactly where Nick Foles ended up. He signs a deal, a saucy deal, Mark Sessler, uh, with the Jaguars. Uh, that in, it goes four years for $88 million, includes $50 million in guaranteed money, and, uh, Mark, we'll start with you on this one. So, Foles, despite the fact that there weren't a lot of teams that were connected to him, maybe just one team, and it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, he still gets, he still gets big-time starter money or competitive starter money. Yeah, I think when the numbers came out, there was a lot of, like, wait, of course you're this, you know, been talked about you're a team competing against no one. Why wouldn't you try to bargain basement the quarterback position? And Mike Garofolo said it perfectly on NFL Network that their viewpoint was, what are you telling – the rest of your locker room, if you bring in Nick Foles at a, at a discount rate, you want to make it clear that he's your starter for now. He's your starting quarterback. You pay him like one. You start that relationship off well versus something sort of in, more in the cantankerous region. And I, for me, like the, 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 this is like about what other quarterback were you going to go get that you could be secure in as a week-to-week starter. There just weren't that many out there unless you want to go in the draft. And I don't think that this regime – uh, has enough time on their hands to t- convince a Jaguars uh, re- 
public that you, we're gonna we're gonna slow cook a quarterback for two or three years. This is about Nick Foles the person too. They really this is a guy who I think his leadership and what we hear about Nick Foles has been growing and positive, and he's a bit of a transformed person along with player. I think he he had plenty of leverage. Blake Bortles and Teddy Bridgewater were his leverage, and John D. Filippo, the offensive coordinator they brought in, who has worked with Nick Foles in the past. This is his leverage. You don't want to go back to Bortles. You don't want to pay for Bridgewater, who you weren't interested in last year, has one start in three years and was outplayed by an undrafted rookie in that start. Go get the best quarterback available. That's your, that's Nick Foles' leverage. Right, and you don't know what his ceiling is. I I'm, I like it because it's. I think they should keep taking shots. They should try to develop a quarterback. They probably won't because teams never do this, but they should still dr- draft a quarterback, maybe even in the first round. I don't care. Oh, oh, what's the big problem that you're running into? You have too many great quarterbacks? It's like, wow. Well, they that have would, needs. Right, they have a I, lot of needs. I know they do, and it's, so it's probably not going to happen in the first round, but I don't think you close your mind to developing quarterbacks because you signed Nick Foles. I also want to see the specifics on the deal, how much is guaranteed into the second year. My guess is it's basically a two-year contract, and then they'll see see what he looks like. But, like, he could get better. I mean, quarterbacks do get better throughout their career, and he has been not just visibly better and with the ceiling of the greatest performance, I think, in Super Bowl history by a quarterback, but he's talked about how he looks at the sport differently and how he looks – at the position differently in terms of how he interacts with his teammates and everything like that. You're getting a different Nick Foles than the guy that went to Kansas City so many years ago. $50 million guaranteed or whatever it ends up being uh, is a big investment. It could end up being an overpay, but I agree with everything you guys are saying that this is a team that made its bed when they gave Blake Bortles that unnecessary extension. They ate it this year, and they needed to move forward at the position. They needed to make a splash, and Foles is, to me, an efficient, effective splash to make. And now that, now we'll find out with the, with the Jaguars right. if that defense can now turn back uh, to 2017 status because that, it wasn't all Bortles last year. There were other problems with this team. They need to have a, a much better year in 2019. That's fair. The offensive line was so banged up and so awful last year. They need well, better. The receiver core was awful. Better well, luck, the running backs better, were awful. Like, there, was a, right. there, there was a lot going on. But it, to me, it's not it's not Nick Foles or any of these mid-level starting quarterbacks like Cousins that's overpaid. It, I mean, under you know overpaid. It's just like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and those guys are like, crazy underpaid. It's, it does sort of make no sense that all quarterbacks just make the same amount of money. All right. Good chatter. Liked it. We're going to keep moving, though. There's so much to talk about. Mm. Very exciting. How about Deshaun Jackson? Let's throw, let's throw his name out there. Uh, two years in Tampa. Didn't really take off. Didn't work. He had some moments early on in 2018, especially when Fitzmagic took hold for a few weeks there. Uh, but it didn't work out with the Bucks. Uh, we thought maybe he could be released instead. A trade. He's going back to the Eagles. A 2020 seventh round pick and Jackson um, from the Bucks in exchange for a 2019 sixth round pick. Uh, pick. Uh, the Eagles also sign Deshaun Jackson uh, to a new three-year, $27 million deal. So Jackson, uh, who's been around a while, uh, he's 32 years old, will turn 33 during the 2019 season. Uh, but Wes, we saw last year, uh, that he could still tear the top off a of defense, and the Eagles want that element in their offense. We have to worry about a player who's going to be 33 years old and his game is built on speed and nothing else, just speed. And he's taught us something about quarterbacks in Tampa that he was on fire last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has a weak arm but throws a pretty deep ball. And now he's going to Philadelphia where Nick Foles 
Doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but throws a pretty deep ball. Carson Wentz has a strong arm and doesn't put enough loft on the ball. So I'm wondering how that connection will work. It's definitely filling a need. Mike Wallace didn't work out in Philadelphia. They need that speed guy to stretch the field. It can't work out worse than Mike Wallace, but they do keep getting older, aging, deep threats. And it just at some point, if this doesn't work out again, you've got to look at a younger person for that fit. But what I love about this is it just shows you that these NFL feuds die so hard. This felt to me like one final Howie Roseman F you to Chip Kelly. <laughs> He's had a few. I mean, they. I'm curious if they're going to keep Nelson Aguilar, who's due $9.5 million. I have a feeling they might cut or trade him later in this week. He's not really a deep threat anyways. And I, I hear you long-term, Wes, on Deshaun Jackson. But for 2019, I think that's really all they're thinking about uh, in the short term. He led the league in yards per reception. I mean, so he's yards per catch. He's built on speed, and he still totally has it, at least in 2018. It's not going to last forever, but he has shown no signs of really dropping off. Carson Wentz had a lost year in 2018. You want to give him a good team around him to really try to bounce back. He is your guy after all. You chose him over Nick Foles. Well, now you have a guy to add. You got Zach Ertz there, Alshon Jeffrey. Not a bad offense. Nelson Aguilar, maybe. Need a running back. They look a lot more loaded in the passing game than they did last year. Um, Let's talk about an old face, Mark. Antonio Brown, who we're going to get to in a minute. He uh, left the AFC North. He is now out west. Also joining him in the Pacific time zone, Terrell Suggs. He leaves the Ravens after 16 years in Baltimore. uh, And he's going to uh, – he has agreed to terms with uh, the – uh, the Cardinals, he will be an outside linebacker. He's working under uh, Vance Joseph, a 3-4 system. Uh, he still seems to have it. He's an old man now. Uh, maybe slowed a little bit, but still can get to the rusher, still a beast. Uh, your thoughts on that move, Mark? Someone to pair with Chandler Jones. It's one of those signings, though, where the looking at him in a different uniform, I, can't, I, I think the weirdest one for me ever was Peyton Manning suddenly in a Broncos uniform. Took me months to... Warm up to that's not anyone else's concern. You, that's re- my issue. Have you recovered? Yeah, I mean, I no. Like I, I, you know, at, at, by the end of the preseason, it was like, okay, I get it. But this guy is going to be weird to see in anything other than purple and white. And I find him to be, um, from a personal experience of, of of him on the field after the Ravens won the Super Bowl, a less than delightful character. But I wish him well. Do you though? Huh. Do you though? I mean, would you be totally cool? And you could say yes, by the way, because Terrell Suggs, God knows. Not not the best person. You'd be fine if he didn't have a single sack in Arizona. Nobody would fault you for it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, with that as my major concern. But I, you know, he's had a fine career at this point, and he was still playing yeah. at a high level last <laughs> no. year. He was solid. I mean, he was. He's one of those signings, and he, look, he's he went to high school in Arizona. He went to Arizona State, so you know that's great for him. It's you know it's nice and warm. But they, there's always these guys every year that it's like, well, we're going to sign him to kind of be an example to the young guys and bring kind of the work hard, like culture. And like, so we're going to give him a little extra money to kind of be the guy who sets the program. And it's like, I don't know. I've never been an NFL. Maybe that is totally worth it. I have no, I have no idea if that's worth it or not, but there's always a couple of those. It's like, well, we got it. We got to bring in Suggs to show all the, I'm young not guys sure he's the first work. guy I'd uh, put into the mentor category, but um, well, put it this way. Perhaps. He knows how to play in the NFL. He knows how to be, a professional player at a high level year after year after year. Like he's done it for what, 18 years? He was like 20 years old when he came. He's going to enroll a lot of, of these young men 
in Ball So Hard University, and they will excel, Please. Mark. Not just I want to see the, I want to see the teaching credential, but not just enough. football lessons, life lessons. Ball so hard at BSU. Well, good riddance. Wait, ball B S H U. Ball so hard, university. <laughs> Nailed it. Moving on, we have some uh, slot receivers coming off the market. Let's start with Adam Humphreys, uh, who signs or will sign. I gotta catch myself there. You know, the league year does not start no. until Wednesday. Be official. Uh, Adam Humphreys to sign with the Tennessee Titans. The former uh, Bucks slot guy mm. uh, gets a four-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. Uh, Wes, you like yourself some Adam Humphreys uh, and the the Titans. They need some weapons around that quarterback who throws about twelve touchdowns a year. How about a guy <laughs> you can trust in the slot? That's a nice shot at Mariota. I like that. Uh, this is I'm a. <laughs> It's a little bittersweet for me because what Adam Humphreys is one of my guys. Like he is what you want in a slot. He's receiver. like in your wedding party at this point, right? I mean, doesn't this already clinch the team of West DL? It's the Titans again. I wanted Don't him for it. the Colts. I wanted Andrew oh, okay. Luck to be throwing to Adam Humphreys because they could really enhance each other, and I just don't have that faith in Marcus Mariota so anymore. It's definitely a need for the Titans. They've needed a slot receiver for a few years now, and they got a good one. I, this is what you want in a slot receiver. So you're just kind of worried that he could disappear in all of yes. this? Yeah. I, uh, Titans wide receivers always disappear. Are you So you're sticking with the Colts for longer than you, you stuck with the Titans. No, this is about wanting to see a player going to where he will succeed and do mm. his best and help the quarterback succeed and do his best. And the Colts, I felt really confident that they could really make each other as good as they could possibly be. Colts have $100 million in cap room. Now, they don't have to spend all of that, but to Wes's point, this seems like one of those useful players that could have had 110 catches with Andrew Luck. Instead, he's going to have 54 catches uh, with the Titans in two thousand. For 112 yards. Slot guy's getting paid, though. I mean, Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder, he signs with the Jets, the former Redskins, signs a three-year, $28.5 million contract with $17 million guaranteed. So kind of in that same group. Crowder, I like this signing so far. I like what Big Mac's doing right now, last few days. He's 26 years old. Uh, bad year last year, but he was beat up, so you kind of wipe it out. Alex Smith, it wasn't working. The whole thing was a mess in Washington. So you, you take a slot receiver, you pair him with the kid and Sam Darnold, the guy you can trust and maybe de- 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 develop a rapport with, and we are flying towards 10-6. and six. And you aren't paying that Antonio Brown money. I, th- I kind of think the Jets have something going at wide receiver. They might need another – they could use another body or two, but this is not the worst wide receiver room in that division. And and both Crowder and Humphreys, the original reports you know, on their, their salaries, is under $10 million a year. And I actually think slot receivers, you know, it, it's catching up. But compared to other free agency – free agent positions, I think they're worth it. I mean, I don't think $9 million is outrageous for Jamison Crowder – at all. It's I think it's 17 million over the next 2 years. I really like him. He was my favorite of kind of this crop of slot receivers. I think he's going to make life easier for Sam Darnold. Like Kirk Cousins won't stop talking about Jamison Crowder just like what a nice mind meld they have and just the type of guy that can get open quickly, make just make everything a little easier. And so to me this this is a great move. Like we've moved into a time where you need four wide receivers, you need yes. five or six defensive backs and so to your point they're going to get paid that way. A little return value, you know. Crowd. I think a lot of nice um, name. A lot of teams with developing quarterbacks looked at what happened with Jared Goff once Cooper Cup went down. Mm, His safety call. blanket there at slot receiver and now, you know, if you're Sam Darnold, 
That's a great thing to have, Jamison Crowder there. Crowder, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua, and Chris Herndon at tight end. Uh, add Lev Bell in there and continue to improve the line. We're, we're cooking a little bit. Let's I see like how what, it plays out. I like how they've started. Kent Brown behind the glass today, filling in for Erica, who took a hilariously mistimed vacation. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's keep it honest. The fact that we like Erica so much, Ricky Hollywood, really shields the fact that with in other in our past, other producers, we'd probably be furious about this. That she's going yeah. across Europe, having a great time. What I admire, we let her off the hook. She's digging in on the fact that she could care less about free agency or most off-season, right. off-calendar NFL events. She she openly just asked what free agency was last week. She does it with with Panache. You're right, though. It does fit into the near, like. It's not surprising that she didn't know which week free agency was and make her vacation. She's like the around it. she's like the only daughter, daddy's little girl who gets away with murder. That's that's what's going on with the situation right now. As she goes across Europe, Kent Brown filling in behind the glass. Kent, thank you first of all for being here. Yeah, of course. It's a lot of fun. I'm happy to fill in free agency frenzy and talk a little Antonio Brown leaving the Steelers. Kent's more, so. like, Kent's more like the son that gets blamed for everything, even if it's not his fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm the middle child, yeah. and I had an identical twin that was eight minutes younger than me, All right. and he might as well have been 20 years younger than me. But, well, yeah. listen, we love you, Kent, and thank you for being here. And be ready. Uh, There's with two that, of you. <laughs> with that breaking news drop. Oh, yeah. Because as the show goes along, things can happen. Because, yes, while free agency starts officially at Wednesday Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I believe it is. Yeah, that's right. I mean, who cares what that, the time is? That's when the deal, that's the new league year when it begins. But it, free agency for all intents and purposes is happening right now, as you just saw. I, I was reminded heard. of that, by the way, the combine. Just a quick point that, that the Broncos – and um, the the Ravens were afraid to talk about the Joe Flacco trade because actually trades aren't even allowed to happen until Wednesday. <laughs> that's like amazing. that's such a like under the radar thing. I, and I I applaud the NFL for not caring about it, but just change the rules. Well, aren't we? A year, we're probably a year away from all of these bizarre soft rules just just vanishing. You it. know what? I'm not hearing Literally a start time on. No NFL one complains Network. about it anymore. I haven't heard, and I was a little out of pocket this past week with the fam. But what I haven't heard a lot of from today, watching NFL Network and on Twitter and all that. I haven't heard a lot of legal tampering, period. No. I think we're, we're, as a society, and the NFL, to the Shield's credit, is like, let's just keep it real here. The free agency is on right now. It just is like if you woke up on Christmas morning, if you celebrate Christmas, and your kids had been up all night opening all the gifts before this so-called official start time when mom and dad wake up. Forget about it. Open them up. Play, start playing mm-hmm. with them. So a bunch of stuff has happened over, the, out the, week, over the weekend and today, and we're going to talk about it, but we have to hit Throw Antonio Brown. children out the window? No, the toys. Sorry. Just open oh. the door on December. December. I don't like this one. Out Sorry, Dan. Sorry, okay. Dan. Antonio Brown. we got to talk about it because it went down over the weekend finally. Uh, and it was the team that we were told early last week about the, the one-horse race. Uh, the Oakland Raiders were going to get Antonio Brown. And then, the, of course, the Bills report that turned out to be uh, not come through and the and and Antonio Brown was not going to the Buffalo Bills. Well, he goes to the Oakland Raiders and, and it comes um, on a great bargain for John Gruden and Mike Mayock and company. Uh, one of the best receivers in the league goes to Oakland in exchange for a third round pick and a fifth round pick uh, in next month's draft. And uh, Brown then turns around and gets that contract that he wanted. The man is getting everything he wanted. He gets a three-year deal worth $50.1 million, maxes out uh, just under $55, um, roughly $12 million more than his old contract, $30 million guaranteed. Greg, you wrote about this on the .com. 
uh, and, and your lead. Nice way to get into the piece. I enjoy it uh, as a reader of sports content. It worked. <laughs> I mean, it did. Everything Antonio Brown did, whether you like it or not, and who would really like, you know, just enjoy everything that's gone on <laughs> since December. Ultimately, he believed he had the leverage to get out of Pittsburgh and to get more money. And I'm a little surprised that he was able to pull it all off. And it shows how desperate the the, the Steelers were to get rid of him, that they took virtually nothing in return. I mean, a third and fifth round pick is fine, but that's what they that's, traded. They traded a third round pick for Antonio Brown last year. Or, that's 25 cents on the dollar for a guy yes. of this ability. It is. And and Brown gets gets the money that he wants. I mean, he was probably one of the best values in the league for much of his career. And now uh, he has made sure to earn uh, to maximize his earnings because he also got paid about 18, 19 million a year over the last two years. I don't know if I'd say this if he had gone to, say, Tennessee or something, but it was a move that the minute it became Oakland's new player that it immediately shifted for me. The where we are with a couple of NFL franchises, those that didn't go get Antonio Brown, but the Raiders who, I mean, were essentially in many ways last year the most disappointing team in the league for all the hype and hoopla all last offseason about Gruden and the way that they tore the roster down. And now that the way they're building up, the, Ra- the Raiders are interesting again, I guess. I, I could find myself <laughs> being tired of them quickly. But if they go out and they make a play for Le'Veon Bell or whoever else it is, like this was the aggressive signpost of how they're, they're going to try to team build with Gruden veterans and big pricey pieces. I don't, I don't see anything resembling a plan there unless it's, okay, last year we were too far away to worry about building a team. Now we're close to moving to Vegas, so we want some names and headlines on our team? I don't, I don't think there is like an overarching plan. It's just reacting to whatever happens in the moment. And we can talk about Trent Brown in a minute, but the, the fact that they draft two tackles with their first three picks of the John Gruen era, and then they pay a huge amount of money to Trent Brown tells me they're just kind of reacting. Now, when you look at the Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown deal separately, and even Khalil Mack, they're all very different. I mean, this Antonio Brown is is short-term money. I would, I would personally rather have Antonio Brown uh, by a decent amount compared to Amari Cooper over the next couple of years, and I would uh, not necessarily be comfortable giving a huge long-term contract to Amari Cooper, and you got a first-round pick in the deal. So if you're just looking at what they did in terms of the wide receiver position, I love it. Because I, you can, I agree that maybe the plan isn't like crystal clear. But they, the other thing could have happened. They could have been fleeced in this trade, and the, and they, they absolutely got him for less than most people but, would have predicted. But salary cap space and cash is as valuable as draft picks. So they didn't give up the draft picks, but they're giving up a ton of cash. And Antonio Brown did not get everything he wanted. He wanted to play for a Super Bowl contender, and he's joining the worst team in the AFC along with the Jets over last year. You just get the sense that that was not – that was lower on his priorities. (laughs) But it's not everything he wanted. (laughs) Right. He did want to play for a contender, and now he's playing for a team that's not really relevant. I see a little bit more vision to – the Gruden move in the sense that I think he got there and his number first objective was to tear it all down, strip it down for parts because, and a lot of these guys, Parcells was another guy. If you're at a certain level, the ego, whatever, or the past success, you wanted to make it your team. This, I am going to build this thing from the ground up and, and anything I inherit doesn't mean you stay. Even a guy as great as Khalil Mack. I mean, that's what Gruden wanted to do. But does that make sense? 
Uh, I mean, like, what just because you didn't draft Khalil Mack doesn't mean that he's not one of the two I think best he's players in, in the, on defense. Oh, in the league. I, I'm not saying that was the right move, but I'm saying he's entitled to that. And when he gets the 10 year deal, that's the organization that making the commitment to you. Do what you want to make us a contender. And I think, uh, you know, and yes, we'll bring up that Trent Brown just got one of the biggest contracts ever uh, to play left tackle uh, for the Raiders, leaving the Patriots after one good season. I don't think that's a good signing, but it's a, it, it's a sign that he is looking now to build this team in his vision, and we'll see how it works out. I'm interested to see how it plays. I, well, I wonder if Gruden, too, because, I, again, I go back to the combine. He just seemed like a different... John Gruden to me, and I wonder if last year took a bigger toll. Where if it was going to yes. be a two or three year teardown, the PR hit was far greater than it would have been 20 years ago when there's just less media coverage of the NFL in general, and maybe whatever the plan was shifted midstream. Well, and, and it had been a while since he had lost games as a coach, and he hadn't been through a season like that ever. Is that safe to say? And going through a miserable season like that is going to change how you think. And it, and it, the key thing to me is Antonio Brown is awesome. Uh, Matt Harmon. Was. I think he's still. The Raiders is. are paying big money for his decline phase. There, it's really a two-year contract. The third year, they'll decide when, when they get there. And he's paying, they're paying a lot. They're paying what the Chiefs, they're paying a free, they're paying as if he was a free agent, which is, seems kind of unnecessary, but it's ultimately a three, $4 million raise than what he was getting. But they're paying him what Sammy Watkins got last year. I mean, let's not get carried away. It's just sort of like a, a mid, you know, it's a, a free agent wide receiver pay. If you look at Matt Harmon's reception perception, our, our old friend, he had Antonio Brown getting open on a higher percentage of of snaps than basically any receiver in the league still last year. And that over the last four years, his numbers are actually better than any wide receiver. And I think when you watched Brown last year and the attention that he got, to me, he just looked like peak Antonio Brown. So I think you're getting a, a, a you're, you better get another year. He lost too. 23 yards per game on his 2017. I hear, I hear you, but he scored a lot of touchdowns. He looked great and he's getting a lot of attention. He still looked like a really, really great player. Two, two last quick points for me. One, what better way to know for sure whether or not Derek Carr is your guy than bringing in arguably the best receiver in the league. And I think, I think that's what we'll see. Could be surprised. Maybe Kyler Murray ends up being their quarterback in week one or somebody else. But I think maybe Gruden now sees if, uh, if put him with a true number one, uh, what happens. Also, your winners and losers. One, one that I did not see in the winner category, which I think should have been there. The rest of the AFC North, including Mark's Cleveland Browns, because Fair. I'm not saying the Steelers it was are late, done. You know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of I get it. In I've there. been there. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying the Steelers are done, but now we officially know for sure that that kind of era, that book is closed with the killer bees, and I don't think the Steelers will be um, a favorite in that division at this mm. point. Perhaps they win 12 games next year, but I, yeah, I think it's a great news, great day for the rest of the AFC North. My one question, because we heard up until the end that the, the, the Eagles, uh, the Titans, and Jets were put into this mix at one point. We're all in on Antonio Brown and, and making a, some sort of a push for him. Were they all outbid by this hyper-low offer, or did they jump out because for nobody else wanted to pay him what the Raiders were going to pay? I, I think that's it. I yeah. think. But Wes, I'm not. I don't like uh, the one thing is this is this is still a great player to me. Are you are you just you're saying they're going to get? No, I'm going to have his numbers will be down. I'm saying I find the Raiders Maybe. to be a directionless team organization, and you look at a team like the Patriots, who are you know as Evan Silva always says, running laps around the rest of the league. Right. They watch the Giants go out and make Nate Solder the highest-paid left tackle in the league, get a third-round pick compensation-wise for that, trade a third 
for Trent Brown in a fifth-round pick, move him from right from right tackle to left tackle to fill that hole. Now they're going to collect a third-round pick. The Raiders make him the highest-paid offensive tackle in the league annually. Um, they drafted Colton Miller to play left tackle. Now they're putting him at right tackle right. to take the guy who was a career right tackle only to be used as a left tackle. Like, where's the direction? That, that, the move uh, is to get these guys before their big money, what the Patriots do, what the Raiders do, is throw way more money than anybody else in the league would at two different players. Bad teams get stuck doing that, I hear you, but I just am not ready to call this like Antonio Brown's decline phase yet, although I, I think mean, his numbers will be vastly down potentially. Everything but basically Jerry Rice in history says that this is his decline I, phase. I do think we should we should say that the Steelers, however they handled it, they lost. I yeah. mean, they it failed. I mean, Kevin Colbert, this whole thing of trying to set a deadline, and there's all these teams, so, these teams interested. I don't know what the option was because right. in How the end, and hammer the Steelers for dealing with a crazy person. It's just an right. ugly precedent but, because then what three players could do this next offseason? Yeah, it's it's unique the Antonio Brown situation because there's not many Antonio Browns. But you're right, Antonio Brown put them in such a tough spot, and I think you're right, Wes. We may never really get the answer. But I think the Raiders, who apparently offered that third and fifth early in the process, and they just sat on it, and they were willing to pay Antonio Brown, but they weren't willing to give up much draft capital. And I think there were other teams like the Bills, maybe the Titans, who knows, that were willing to give up more draft picks, but weren't into the money. And when you watched, when I watched Drew Rosenhaus's interview on, on NFL Network with Andrew Siciliano, you definitely got the sense that like the Raiders were fine changing the money, and I think ultimately it's like Antonio Brown made that happen. And the Steelers are losers. And it is Colbert's fault on some level because they are eating $21 million in dead cap money, largely because... So they, he should have foreseen his wide receiver quitting on his team ahead of time? No, How is that Colbert's fault? Because he didn't manage the cap well throughout the last three, four years. And every year they have to keep doing these things where they move their base salary into a guaranteed bonus for Roethlisberger, for a lot of the... Uh, offensive lineman, and they did that for Antonio Brown last year. You can blame would, Kevin Colbert for not foreseeing Antonio Brown doing this, but I can't blame him for but that. Right. Now, so I'm, saying, I'm saying most teams are not in such cap problem that they had to guarantee Antonio Brown all this money last year. That's a big reason why, is because they had to change all of his money around. You're right, they didn't see it coming. Just as of bad. right now, like the other option would be to hold him hostage even if he's not going to play and not trade him at all and just keep right. him that was stuck. Always, your career stuck. We, that was found out to be phony. He kept saying we'll, we'll keep him if we can, and they obviously Obviously, weren't going to keep him no matter what. Wes, before we move on, you know, what would have helped? What? Kevin Colbert. What would have helped him? The GM, the GM app. app. Yeah. Mm. Hey, we have a team interested, willing to give up a third and a fifth and give a $30 million guaranteed contract at me. Oh, I think that I think <laughs> they essentially <laughs> had that already. The GM app removes any question whether or not everyone is plugged in. That's fair. Moving on. Los Angeles Rams. More breaking news. More breaking news from Adam Schefter. Patriots DN Trey Flowers intends to sign with the Detroit Lions in a five-year deal. Wow. Kent just jumping right in there. Look at Kent Brown. All right. Now, Kent, typically you will slack me. I did, but you didn't respond. Okay. I, I, it's breaking. Hey. You got to oh. jump on it. Hey, Kent. I mean, technically this, the show, this show doesn't go up till hours later, but yeah. All right. Kent, thank you very much for that. I love it. Trey Flowers does leave the New England Patriots. Glad we didn't tape the show any early. <laughs> uh, to go to the Lions, do we have any uh, contract details there, Kent, uh, uh, at this it's, point? It's a five-year deal. Should be 
but according to rap sheet, more than 16 or 17. Okay, so the Lions, who really do need to, to make a splash, uh, make a big one in grabbing, Greg, the uh, best all-around player on the Patriots' defense. Yeah, once they didn't think it was worth franchise tagging Trey Flowers, I assumed that he was going to get a deal elsewhere, whether it was in the AFC East or now it makes sense, uh, you know, Patriots Midwest in terms of Detroit. Uh, the Lions have already brought in Danny, signed Danny Amendola. They've already signed... Danny not going to the playoffs at <laughs> Justin Coleman. They've also signed Justin Coleman, who's really a Seahawks product because the, the Patriots well. basically gave him away to the Seahawks, but Matt Patricia knows him well. Uh, after his two years of quiet play in in New England, and then he really played well in Seattle. But this is the biggest move, and it get, I think it's a good signing. I know Wes, maybe you don't think he's worth that sort of money, but to me, he's like a top. I, I would have to put the list in front of me, but to me, he's a top ten to twelve, you know, def, defensive lineman or, or fifth, top fifteen defensive lineman. And I don't put he's not exactly interior. He's not exactly an edge rusher, but he's perfect for this type of defense that wants to be able to change what they do week to week. Okay, you want a two man front one week, you want a three, you want a four, you want a five. Trey Flowers can do it all. He can set the edge. He's smart and he really does disrupt plays and he's in the middle of his prime. And that's just how much people cost in free agency. If Olivier Vernon was worth seventeen a year, three years ago, I think he's a better player than Olivier Vernon. Which is why you see a lot of bad teams making moves right now because that's when t- players get extremely overpaid. And how many times have we seen a coach go to a new spot, then way overpay to bring in his guys, get rid of the last guy's guys, and then he's fired within three years and, you know, Trey Flowers Rinse is released. And repeat. Trey Flowers is released right when Matt Patricia gets fired from the Lions. I mean, to me, it's a lot like Malik Jackson. I know we compared him to Michael Bennett. Mm, But it reminds me a lot of Malik Jackson going to the Jaguars, and he had Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and Marcel Darius there to help him out. Who's helping Trey Flowers? You got snacks there? Deshaun Hand? I mean, it's... It's but I think the Jackson signing was something the Jaguars would do over again. And, and Flowers, to By the way, credit, he just got released. plays about 300, 400 more snaps than Malik Jackson. Yeah, it's just going to be on the field. I went back and listened to a portion of our, I guess you would call it the opening free agency bonanza, you know, sum up scenario from a couple years ago. And like <laughs> Sorry about 80% that. of the people that we <laughs> talked so about are either on their way out or on their or already gone from the team. So it's there is a like a lingering buzzkill to all this like uh you know manufactured excitement over all these signings. I I I totally agree. And yet I think Flowers is really safe. I just don't like what's like the worst case scenario to me with him is he's solid and he gives you 10 to 12 million dollars in value. And yes, you're you're better off if you're the Patriots and you're drafting guys like that and they certainly had a price for him and it wasn't this high. And that's unfortunate because I loved watching him play. But, like, he's not going to turn into a bum. He's, like a good, the, he's a good player. And the flip side to the coach going to from A to B and bringing in his guys is Matt Patricia. I like the idea of Matt Patricia knowing exactly who Trey Flowers is, using the right scheme and putting something, a known quality, into Detroit's defense. Then Trey Flowers going to a group of coaches that have never worked with him and have no idea if he'll work out. Bob Quinn's Fair been point. there since 2016. So even though it's only Patricia's, How's his team looking? Right, even no, though it's not pa- good. even though it's Patricia's the second year, Quinn is under some pressure to make some some magic. I mean, they paid a Ziggy Ansah seventeen million last. I mean, I'd settle for even vaguely exciting instead of magic. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. So much to get to. <laughs> the Rams, Eric Weddle, they're in business. 
The Rams agreed to terms on a two-year deal with Weddle that is worth up to $12.5 million. Weddle had, according to Weddle, 11 offers, narrowed that list down to five, chose the Rams. So Weddle, the 34-year-old uh, veteran safety who was cut by the Ravens last week, uh, lands with the Rams team with that Super Bowl window wide open. Also staying with the Rams, Dante Fowler, who came over in that midseason trade from the Jaguars, made an impact, especially down the stretch. Well, he sticks around. He is off the open market. And uh, at one year and $14 million, uh, Rap Sheet reports, uh, feels like a good, pretty good deal uh, for the Rams, who don't have to make a big commitment, really, to either player, and uh, have two pieces in place. Weddle got what I've never seen before, the palindrome contract. Every figure in the contract reads the same forwards and backwards. Ooh. <laughs> Signing bonus. The actual money. Bizarre. It, I've never seen that before. I think the agent did it just to be fun. It's cute. It was yeah. cute. Fowler especially surprised me because especially edge rusher and all that, um, I feel like he could have gotten a better contract on the open market. That surprised million? me. For one year, though? I don't know. Maybe That's, that's a lot of bucks for one year. I think yeah. that that's a – usually I – I'm skeptical when you give teams too much credit for attracting free agents in terms of like how they sold themselves or it's an attractive place to play or the coaching staff. But I I would tend to give the Rams staff a little bit of credit that I think they convinced Dante Fowler based on his experience with them. Look how great that just worked out for you. Uh, for eight or nine weeks. We are going to pay you what you would have made, if not more, on an average salary. But we're going to make you look so great again for another year that you can go be a free agent and make even more money uh, a year from now. Because I I agree, Wes. I think he would have done better guarantees and a long-term deal. But the long-term potential is maybe even better if he, he gets paid a lot this year and then people aren't teams aren't worried that it was just a fluke. I don't think he was going to make Trey Flowers money as a free agent by any means th- this offseason. I mean, I don't know if his agent would would agree with that strategy necessarily. What happens if you tear your ACL in early December? Well, but, he, he agreed to the deal. Well, I, the one thing I like is the Ram. These feel like more honest contracts to me. I can trust that that Weddle will be there for two seasons, and we know Fowler will be there for one. Don't don't lace this up with these you know these phony four year deals, blah blah blah, and they're not there. Right, the Landon Collins deal is already – there's no way he's getting to the end of that six-year deal. You see a lot of prove-it contracts that are for one year, five million. You don't see one year, 14 million prove-it Exactly, that's what what I mean. What was the Nadamik and Sue contract? Almost identical. So they took basically that Sue money – and gave it to Fowler. But Sue wasn't proving everything. He was already, he's a three-time, four-time pro, all-pro. He's not, he wasn't trying to prove anything. You're, you're right. I think it's, it really is a case of betting on himself if you're Fowler. I think it's a belief that he, is a, he must believe that he's going to do even better uh, this season. Ed Rusher and Wade Phillips' defense he, is a good place to be right, in ha- Los Angeles. Right. He, like had a, he had as good a contract push, I think, in, after a pretty star cross career as any player in recent memory. Don't um yeah we should not discount how inviting and alluring it is to be playing for the Rams right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. Guys I think he probably LA. had an unbelievable time playing for them. He loves it here. The media's here. The clubs are here. The uh, I was going to say the fans. Uh, they had a lobotomy to out. remove the Super Bowl experience from his memory. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's he su- played great though. He it's played a legit great. Super Bowl contender. So maybe he is. Wade's willing. chill. I mean, Wade's not yeah. going to be like having you running gassers and yelling no. at you. It's going to be a club club Wade. Uh, here's another big contract. Quan Alexander, who uh, uh, missed. 
um, most of last season after suffering a torn ACL with the Buccaneers, the former fourth-round pick. He had become an important player on that defense. Well, forget about the ACL, you know? Forget about everything because the 49ers say, we want this man and we're going to pay him big money. He signed, according to Rap Sheet, he's expected to sign, excuse me, uh, a four-year, $54 million deal with $27 million. That's, again, the important number in guarantees. Uh, a big payday, uh, Wes, for the 24-year-old. $13.5 million average tops. Luke Keekley. Is this crazy money? This is crazy money, and it's all because the 49ers drafted the wrong guy in Ruben Foster. Mm. Their linebacker core is depleted. They needed desperately to pay for linebackers. They get a guy who's a lit, bit bit like Alec Ogletree, physical, athletic, makes big plays, but also misses a lot of tackles, is not always where he needs to be. And I would question, outside of picking up the phone when Bill Belichick wanted to unload Jimmy Garoppolo on Kyle Shanahan, what has John Lynch done well in San Francisco? Uh, I agree with you. Including the Malcolm Smith signing uh, two years ago, which is another linebacker. He is Jarek McKinnon. He's going to stay. Jarek McKinnon was bad luck, but it was a curious signing. Uh, you know, Malcolm Smith is going to stay on a pay cut. Quan Alexander's coming off a torn ACL. Like I always, I've been thinking for a few years that there's a there's a market there for value in terms of guys coming off torn ACLs or big injuries that they almost seem to get undervalued sometimes as free agents. But maybe that's out the window because, I mean, he's four. He's supposedly three, four or five months from football activities. He might not be, you know, hopefully he's ready for the start of the season. But he was an up and down player who made a lot of big plays. But I think Bucks fans would tell you he was so aggressive. He gave up a lot of big plays. You almost have to look at that front office and say they've gotten lucky in one sense where the late season trade two seasons ago for Jimmy G brought so much optimism that you you covered all the sins uh, that in the rest of the team building. And then the early season injury to Jimmy G last year gave everyone this mulligan, like, well, of course we aren't seeing the real Niners without Jerry McKinnick. I, well, now this time around, you can't go 6-10 and 10 without some heads rolling. This is one, though, we're, we're taping it pretty soon after it was first reported. I would be curious to see the guarantee guaranteed money there's some they're now like the, the the insiders are they're getting smart dan you know we've been getting yeah. on them for like us saying yeah. guaranteed yeah, money this show you know guaranteed money is not really guaranteed now he he apparently has 27 million dollars in rolling guarantees and what's a rolling guarantee whatever that means so maybe it's like a one-year contract for all we really know at this point let's move on uh, a trade 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 tsunami it's coming it's been here. It's been yeah. coming. Here it is. Trade trade tsunami. Talked about the Raiders earlier. They also made a meal, uh, made a deal this weekend, uh, sending Kaleche Osemele, uh, the left guard, a two-time Pro Bowler who suffered um, a down season in 2018. So Gruden ships him out of town, uh, along with a sixth-round pick uh, to the Jets, uh, who get offensive line help, which they need. It's a, t- a 29-year-old player uh, who. If he stays healthy, if 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 he's in good shape and all that, uh, represents a huge upgrade uh, for the Jets in the middle of their line. And and like I talked about this last week, as important as bringing in somebody like Le'Veon Bell is, fixing that line in front of Darnold is equally important. Uh, and I think this is a good step in that direction. Your thoughts, gentlemen? It seems to me that the Raiders. There are reports from ESPN specifically that they are cash poor after paying for Antonio Brown and Trent Brown. 
So and Trent Brown like deferred most of his big money into the second year after they get to Vegas. In theory, because there's no income tax there, but maybe it's you know. So they're helping the Jets build their offensive line because they can't afford Kalechi Assembly. I'm sure they also think that Assembly is a bit in decline from where they signed him three years ago. Yeah, he was one of those guys that Mark. If I think if you listened to the show three years ago, we would have been talking up uh, off the top. He was a top five free agent. We love their whole line. And and he was on the potential cuts list um, because Mayock, especially, and then after at the Combine, Mayock kind of said Assembly he thought was up and down a year ago, which, you know, was maybe telegraphing it. But for the Jets, it seems like a very, I mean, at worst, he's a, a competent starting guard, which is like better than James Carpenter. It's impossible to get. I think these veteran pick swap deals are like, you know, they're the new money ball. And um, Matt Paradis is the big center on the market. There's a report out there that it's between the Jets and the Bills in terms of the fight to get uh, Paradis. So that would be uh, a nice upgrade to the middle of that line. So we'll see how it all plays out. Um, Another trade, the Patriots in business. They acquire Michael Bennett and a 2027th round pick from the Eagles in exchange for a 2025th round pick. Uh, Bennett, we had heard he was uh, his salary was a little bit restricting for the Eagles. They were going to potentially release him. Instead, they move him in a deal. Bennett, Mark, still even at age 33, uh, makes an impact on a defense that made the Raiders, uh, the Patriots, a little bit better. It sounds like. I mean, I guess to Wes's point, you look at this: Michael Bennett, a guy who systematically knows he's going to play into deep January every year he's in the NFL. He's proven he can do it. And you're not one of these teams blowing the bank for someone coming off a big season. He fits with the Patriots, and I'm sort of over-doubting anything they do at this point until they prove that they can't operate a football team better than anyone else in the league. Michael Bennett, you've, you've already, you already had the other Bennett brother there. Why not just go full house? Well, Martellus wants to come back now. He, Martellus says he wants to play again. I have a feeling the Patriots well, I don't know if we need that. aren't going to go along with that. I think they'd feel uh, one Bennett is enough. I think people have been waiting for Michael Bennett to fall off, and it hasn't really happened. I mean, he's still a very solid starter, if not better, at a cheap price. But the Eagles, to the credit, I think they think a little more like some baseball teams do. They they looked at Malik Jackson out there and thought, well, we'd rather have Malik Jackson for a few extra million dollars more than Michael Bennett, and we'll just we'll just move on from Michael Bennett. Expected to sign a three-year, $30 million deal, according to Rap Sheet, uh, Malik Jackson. How about there Wes were- pointing out that, that Trey Flowers was kind of the Michael Bennett of of the Patriots defense last week. And I think the Patriots were listening I don't know and they were just it. like, let's get the original for way cheaper. There have been post-release whispers in Seattle and Philadelphia that Michael Bennett cares about pass- rushing the passer to the extent that he no longer plays great run defense. Now I don't think PFF's grades reflect that, but both of those teams apparently thought that the Patriots do need an edge rusher and, he does play sort of the same position as Trey Flowers where he can go inside or out. And he, we saw down the stretch last year, he can definitely still get to the quarterback. And he never stops playing. He plays so, he plays a lot of snaps, and they just, they're going to need some talent on the defensive line. It is not a good defensive line without, without Trey Flowers there. It also might be a guy, you know, this, he's been in the NFL a long time. I mean, you don't want to cast aspersions. You know, he might just be like after a year of Michael Bennett, just been like, okay, that was that was good, but maybe that's... Get a ring and get out. Let's, let's move on. Greg, does this up Eagles. your uh, Patriots fandom again? You, you've no- recently noted that you're not really a Patriots fan anymore and you're just waiting for... Belichick I mean, that's been, I've, that's been blown out of pr- no, it's proportion. Not. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's actually not been focused on enough, but... 
Uh, I, true? I raised the possibility. Oh, that, yeah, like, Dan, you would have loved it. That, uh, yeah. We talked about that. That if, when Belichick retires, am I really going to be as no, invested he's out. in it? He's, I, he's I have, Belichick's out, Greg's I have out. not decided. I'm just saying, like, that's – I think changing just, your tune. It's not going to feel uh, – no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking through it on the podcast. Um, okay, all right. But, yeah, I am is – it, is it possible that I'm not going to be as emotionally invested? I mean, are, are the Dolphins uh, as emotionally invested after Don Shula left? Yeah, probably not. It's like, come on. You got to you got to watch. Uh, I mean, a few assumptions being thrown. Around. You know, you got to watch Cam Cameron running the show and be like, "Oh, yep, I'm just as into it." Ask Henry how he feels. He seems like a pretty diehard Dolphins fan all through the bad years. <laughs> I have thoughts on that, by the way. <laughs> oh, do you want do you want my theory on it? I mean, sure. It, it's not cutting or anything, but it's my my opinion that you've enjoyed this amazing run with the Patriots, the team that you grew up uh, uh, following, and you've had this. Uh, this Brady Belichick ride, but also now listen, you're getting a little bit older. You're making waves in NFL media. Maybe you don't want to be attached to a team as a fan anymore. So this gives you in your mind, this could be my clean out. So no longer will I be a fan of a team. I could be Greg Rosenthal, NFL insider. I no, I don't want to be an insider. <laughs> I'm a fan of a lot of teams. And I think I, the Patriots would all, will no matter what will always be one a, and you guys seem to be confused when I'm like rooting for other teams. I, I, by the way, that was a Springsteenian. Uh, I don't think we're uh, beat writer trope right there. What? But it's true though. The you guys, do, do you think it's phony? Do you, do you no, I just think it's in- interesting that the minute the Patriots like lose their I'm, Hall of Fame coach, you're out. Like, you're it not seems naturally a, little, I, a fan of things. I, I so also, I, I've kind thing. of given up on other sports. I, you're right. There is a point in getting older that I don't like giving up like my emotional well-being or stability to anything. Like, that's why I mean, it, but you also yeah. haven't Cameron had to outside of myself. Part. What do you mean? I mean, try being a Jets fan for 20 years. You've essentially just like this magic carpet's floating around from season to season. Every autumn, you're sort of a thousand feet above everyone else trying to convince yeah, I us I may still be a Patriots fan, please. That's why gambling was invented, because as you grow older, adults have very little reason for a stake in games that 18 and right. There, there's a little, play. there's a little bit of cognitive dis. It's it's happened to all my other sports. I mean, I've kind of given up being a real. I mean, I'm with you there. Red Sox and Celtics fan too. Like I, I hope put a win, gun to my head not, to watch college basketball. Not emotionally no. invested in the UConn Huskies anymore. The Springsteenian trope, a sports writer trope that you might be um, drifting toward. Yeah. In your 40s is. I don't root for teams. I root for good stories. I don't root for good oh. <laughs> But they all, like, hate football. And, like, I love football more than than I ever have. And But part of – I love it a little less when, like, the team you're rooting for is making you miserable. I think we've spent enough time on this topic. The Chiefs move on from Justin Houston. This is a good story. I think, I think it's a good one. I think you guys should think about it. Think how miserable you guys are on Sundays. Maybe you could get that love of the sport oh, back. Now you're, Wait, I, so now, now you're after, after you're saying I should now jump out when things finally – Also, don't love the, the Patriots. With the, with the misery. The I have, I have enough with your distance own apostasy. with yeah. the Jets. They, they don't ruin my life. And unless it's like a, a rare thing like – when Ryan Fitzpatrick throws three interceptions in week 17 in Buffalo. Right. But usually I have enough distance where they don't destroy my life. I enjoy rooting for the Jets. Me and Keith, we like it. My brother Kevin, it's a family thing. It, does, you don't have to, it doesn't have to ruin your life or overpower no. your entire no. existence. That's all. By the way, Greg, look into your this right pocket. Years, I, I put a little in present advance. into your I, right pocket. Oh, so that was you. I was like so confused. There was a random Slim Jim like, in my zipped up <laughs> I like pocket. To call it a, and I was like... <laughs> You zipped it up. That's great. <laughs> well, and, but oh, I totally man. assumed it was me because I'm I'm someone that's you know occasionally at the end of the day I'll like empty my pockets. There'll be some strange things. A little there. nosh. 
little, no, but there'll be meat stick in there'll your be like some okay. strange things that I have no recollection, uh, you know, taking. The it Chiefs gift. cut <laughs> cut ties with Justin Houston. Not a huge surprise. This happened on Sunday. The nat- It's a natural. I mean, it's an old Wisconsin. It's a knockoff Slim Jim. Yeah, that's not the real deal. Please. Not the real deal, Holyfield. Uh, Brett Veach, um, you know, at the Combine, did not deny reports that a trade uh, could be possible for the veteran linebacker. Uh, apparently no uh, suitors were found, so they decide to cut ties with Justin Houston. Wes, 30, year, 30 years old. Still can get to the quarterback, but maybe not at the same level as a few years back. Nine sacks last year. Uh, had two sacks in the postseason. A guy I feel like should have a market, right? I think he's going to have a market, just not at $15 million. Um, can still get to the quarterback, like you said. And, and I think we've said on this podcast, last year the only two teammates to be in the top ten in pressure percentage were Justin Houston and D Ford. He can still get it done. Um, I could see a smart team going out and signing him. He, I think if he played anywhere but Kansas City, he'd be seen as one of the best pass rushers of the last half. Day. Five years removed from the 22-sack season, which a lot of people forget. He had nine and a half in 2017 and nine last year in 12 games. I mean, nine in 12 games. But a ton of pressure, like a ton of pressure and watch and sets the edge, does it all really well. It, it's interesting that they're going to move on from their best two defensive linemen if they do trade – D Ford, there's some talk that the Packers and the Niners were maybe interested in trading for D Ford. And man, I, I think that, that would be a, I tried to send him there last week. I mean, that would be a, that would be a fun one. Could have like Chris Jones as a one man defensive. Line. He, he made it into the top 10 of our uh, top one one free agents, which is continuing to be updated. I got the sense. That's a living, breathing document. Wes was gone this weekend. He was in St. Louis um, at the baby shower. How was the baby shower? It was it was a lot of fun. Baby I shower. am not a shower person. It's a, a strange. wedding shower. What are you doing there? Baby shower, the man. Oh wait, it's it. not a baby shower. I explained shower. this on our last podcast. My <laughs> family is, is also shower? throwing a wedding shower in Cincinnati next month, and I'm it's, not even allowed to go to that one because I'm a guy. I'm what making up an shower? event. It's like a party party for the wedding. Yeah, with the, the I'm making up a work event, right. Wes, in that situation. Not you're a good man, so you went. But I'm making up. Actually, we have this big podcast meeting. That I can't. I can't miss, so I have to. I can't be at the wedding shower. Could not St. Go. Louis. I no. can't make it's it. a new. It's a new owners meeting to discuss the 2022 uh, collective bargaining. That, you could say anything, and that's perfect. And she'd be like, "Oh, damn it! All right, well, I'll let you know how it is. I'll send photos." And you're like, "Please do." Maybe it I'll ended up being a, a good time. Like, it's definitely not my scene, but her friends are very cool. So I just. I only brought that up, by the way, to say I get the sense you you think. Justin Houston, I overrated him a little bit, putting him on this top ten. I am a big a Justin Houston fan. Oh, okay, good. Good, good, good. Number nine. Same page, scientist. Good. Uh, Denzel Perryman staying in, staying in L.A. The Chargers uh, agreed to terms with a linebacker on a two-year $12 million extension. Rap sheet reported on Friday. Um, Second-round pick in the 2015 draft. Nice move by uh, your bolts, Greg. Yeah, I like it. I mean, West. Wes always points out, and he's right, how they're just a be- they're a bad run defense in general, and they're much better when Denzel Perriman is in the lineup. They also got rid of Jaleel Adai. The Chargers are not that far away. For I mean, they shouldn't. They were a thirteen win team that does not get a lot of respect. I feel like I want to see them make some moves to get excited about this. He's got to stay healthier though. Yeah, yeah missed he, a ton of games. He's an old school. He's a throwback player, like a. a thumper of a linebacker, which sort of reminds me of Brandon Spikes when he played for the Patriots. Your only goal is to stop the run. Uh, and I might as well just tee you up on this one as well, Greg, because I know 
where it's going. Sean Lee will stay with the Cowboys. He gets a haircut, uh, so he will uh, make haircut. Wait, know, where is it going? A reduction in salary. I think this is a West bit. If it... uh, no, 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 no. Well, West... well, he's a Garrett guy. I mean, you can't can't. They get can't. Rid... They can't quit their guys. Can't, right. rid, can't get rid of Garrett guy. I mean, um, I think. Go ahead. Claybon put it well in you know on Twitter something to the effect you know. Oh, Jason Witten, Sean Lee making $8 million or whatever it is combined uh, this year. But hundreds of million dollars in leadership value. I mean, <laughs> just these guys, they couldn't. Billions. The biggest problem with this move is that the Cowboys typically play two linebackers on most of their downs. And Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch are just simply way better than Sean Lee right now. Don't Isn't you have that to... depth, though? In, in yeah. like, football? Y- not, if it, not if the depth doesn't play special teams. It's expensive depth. You know, because it's a sentimental. But there can't be any Jerry Jones like, about. oh, we're going to make sure Sean Lee's yes. got a big part of this team. It's just enough with oh, that Oh, I think drama. they're going to say stuff. That's like annoying that. to me. Get Sean Lee and, and Witten back. I mean, get Romo the team back. Is, the team. The team get is Romo back. Annoying. Get Jay Novacek back in the building. Turn the page, Cowboys. <laughs> Dez was on to something. Get Dez back. Garrett, guys. Uh, Danny playoff Amendola. We mentioned that, didn't we? He signed. He signed. A, but I, I appreciate it, by the way. Dak Prescott uh, braving the cold in Southern California uh, in the desert to watch Serena Williams Friday night. What a match! Maybe the match of the year: Serena versus oh, yeah? Victoria Azarenka. He was out there he, at first. He's Were you th- there? I wasn't, but I was watching oh. on TV. And at first, he was trying to look all tough, like wearing a T-shirt. And I was like, "Oh man, it's gotta be, it's gotta be cold there." And he had like a little blanket over his thing. Later <laughs> on, he's got a hoodie and a blanket over over his whole thing. I mean, <laughs> don't, don't try to be too manly. Okay. He had like an FDR blanket. He put a blanket like over his head <laughs> later. Yes. Wow, that's I don't want my quarterback wearing an FDR blanket. I feel like it shows weakness. That's what Take he was trying real. to. At Keep first, he was trying to be cool. I yeah. don't. I mean, I, I see trying to keep it real here. I think I that was a going fair, with that. fair point. What a what a match, though. I, I want I want Sam Darnold sitting there in a, a pair of shorts, cut thigh high, and, and uh, a nice sleeveless T-shirt, and just taking the old tennis. People want to pretend it's not cold in Southern California. It's fifty-three degrees and windy. That's cold. Well, I mean, come on. It's all relative. How I soft like do you want to be? Sam Darnold in like a nice USC flavored romper with some little mittens. Now you're speaking my language. Move back to Massachusetts or New York for a winter and see if you think 53 and windy is cool. That's fair. That's fair, dog. Uh, yeah, Danny Amendola reunites with uh, Patricia as well. So Patriots Midwest. Is that? Is that? It's- I mean, I would rather, I would much rather have Sean Lee for three and a half million than Danny Amendola for four and a half at this stage in his career. I, I'm a little. Why do non-playoff teams keep signing Danny Amendola, who's usually injured and ineffective during the regular season, and only turns into seems, a great player in the playoffs? Seems logical, unless you want to spin him to a playoff team near the deadline. Nobody wins here. I think it does point out like how difficult it is going to be. I don't know. I, I don't know why I say this. The Patriots win no matter what, but like as more and more of their guys go to other places. Like the Dolphins and Lions seem like they're going to compete for every Patriots free agent out there. I mean, it. You don't want to pay for depth. He's thirty-four. Like spending a lot of money for backups. He's literally never had a season over six hundred sixty yards in his entire career. He's well, under ten yards per catch. This, I think, there is a thing where we know this guy is from. Like the whole idea of calling anything anywhere Patriots Midwest or Patriots West or South. You you better be mimicking even even a breadcrumb of the success of the team we're calling you located somewhere else in the Is United Michigan States. Is Michigan the Midwest? Yes, I feel like we're a little. We've had this conversation, I think. On the Are we Patriots a North or North? Overly cute with what what 
Midwest is? Mich- no, well, it is Ohio the is right under Michigan, and growing up in Ohio, we were only it ever is, referred to. It as is Midwest. the Midwest. I know. Wait, like, geograph- Brown just got my ear and said Pittsburgh's the Midwest too. I, I is everything it, the Midwest? Well, I consider Pittsburgh way more Midwest. There, than East Coast. There's a lot of conversation, yeah. especially like, yeah, is Pittsburgh it's certainly it's west? Basically, Youngstown yeah. East. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like a, it's becoming a catch-all. Well, well no. So it, there's it's a big, map big here, country, it, flyover country. It extends extends them. far west of Michigan and far and east of Michigan. The Midwest sort of begins with Ohio and Michigan. I mean, I know Pittsburgh's on the west side of the state, right? But it, the east side of the state is damn near at the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, but here's it's the a thing. long state. Pittsburgh it's is way, not included in this map, by the way. It's way more similar to, to it's Detroit, a, Cincinnati, but it, I get it. It, feel, it, it feels Midwest. Philly. My friends came yes. back from college in I'm Pittsburgh. I'm talking and they geography. Stuck, they like NASCAR suddenly. So that's, you know. Yeah, but I never got into that. Just because we draw lines to make states doesn't mean that everybody in those lines acts like the rest of the states. Yes, it does. All right. Now, Mark has a map up here, and this is the, now, okay. Name these states. By, well, this is not good audio. Program, <laughs> not at all. So, the, so Pennsylvania, according to this map, is not the Midwest, thank God. Uh, but Ohio is. Okay. That's fine. Well, I think Pittsburgh Indiana, shares much more DNA with Ohio Minnesota, than it does Michigan. Philadelphia. Yes, for sure. Glad we figured that out. Finally, Wes is pro cut Pennsylvania down the middle. I I think that we pay too much attention to borders. Ouch! Big statement there. The Lions agreed to terms. Did we mention this? Justin Coleman. We did. We did. Good. Highest paid <laughs> Nickelback in the NFL. This is the year that nickel players start getting paid. Slot receivers and slot corners are getting paid like wide receiver twos and cornerback twos. Is this the year that Nickelback, the band, gets the respect that they've craved? Finally. Their entire careers. I'm going to go with no. Kent Brown, the greatest um, rock artist of all time, is? Rock artist? Mick Jagger. Okay. Okay. That's a safe answer. I mean, the Rolling Stones as the band, but yes, okay, I'll give you Jagger, unless you're referring yeah. to his solo stuff. Well, I'm just saying you yeah. said artist, so I didn't want to say band, so okay. I just went with the best singer. I mean, I would maybe band. go with someone that like played music as at least as Mick part, Jagger, of, as part of his arsenal. Mick Jagger from Kent, England. There we go. Chuck it, Berry. Who, don't you dare say Kent Brown is not bringing the heat to the Around the NFL podcast. Did we say Jason Peters is back to the Eagles on a one-year deal? We did not. Did not, so. That's big. Future Hall of Famer, hanging Eagles. around. That's big. Useful. They, they figured it out. Not Jason Peters anymore, but he can still play. I think there was some doubt about that one, and they, they figured it out. He's way better than Vitae. Right. I mean, he is, it's funny to think about because, like, how much better is he than Trent Brown right now? He's so much better than Trent Brown, and he's so much less expensive. Greg, I will – I honestly, you're going to be surprised by this, but I will support you if you attempt to distance yourself from I won't. the throne of sleaze. It's just more but, of an intellectual. But you just got to promise me about. that I'll never, let's say, 20 years down the line, maybe we're all in different parts of the country, maybe we're all together, who knows, uh, that I'm not listening to an interview or a podcast with you uh, as the guest, and you and someone asks you, well, what do you, what do you root for? Who do you root for, Greg? I know you're from New England. I root for good stories. Just promise me you'll oh, never okay, say that's that. That's fine. Well, you would never listen to that, to that <laughs> podcast. <again. laughs> that's but, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fair, but I won't say that. And I and this whole time I've said they'd, they'd be one A. It'd just be a little like different. It's just gonna be different. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're one A. It's like I was there at the uh, at the old World Series last year, rooting on the Red Sox. I, am I living and dying emotionally like I used to? No, because you're not putting in the sweat equity of watching them every time. Sweat but it doesn't equity. mean you're rooting against them. You got your family. You got 
But well, this, man, watch this, every this is dressed game. up in a lot of nice words. I just something about it feels uh, wrong to me. But I'll I'll also do the work to try to figure out what on earth you're doing. I I am worried. <laughs> you know, you never want to like if you have something that you do, you don't want to just do it, but worse uh, at at any point. And the Patriots, oh. whatever they're you know being a fan of them, it's gonna be. You're going to do it, but worse. Retroactively, it would – well, I don't – listen, yeah, we yeah. don't have time. Uh, retroactively, it might affect – not that it matters to you, just like um, uh, you were saying I wouldn't listen to your podcast. It doesn't matter to you. What do I think of you as a fan? But I would think somebody that quit on the team as soon as they weren't good anymore. It's like a Bulls fan getting out on Chicago after Jordan retired. I would think, oh, you Wouldn't were never quitting. a real fan to start with. Well, I think that's fair. In Greg's defense, so I've considered myself a San Antonio Spurs fan from the moment they drafted Tim Duncan. Right. And as much as I want the love to be there still, now that Duncan and Kawhi Leonard are gone, it's just like, okay, what what am I really rooting for? Well, add you to the list. Of course I'll be rooting for him, and especially if we're still doing this podcast when Belichick leaves. You know, I'll I'll be, you know. He will outlive this podcast. I'll, I'll be rooting for him. But in your heart, is it going to mean as much to you? No, that's I'm just being honest. Probably not. Am I still a Knicks fan if I haven't watched a Knicks game in 10 years? I don't think anybody's still a Knicks fan. It's also more like, what do you want out of, out of being a sports fan? It's like, if you've, well, if correct. you've gotten I mean, everything you want, if you've gotten the best that there could ever be, it's like, again, you're and asking for nice anything more PR, is greedy. This is a nice PR job, but I think more where some of us are getting to is your, what, from another angle, is as soon as it becomes a struggle, I'm out. You want the ease and the joy. I know that's not what you're saying because you're talking about it as an intellectual, curious exercise. And all sorts of stuff. But, <laughs> but on the surface level, from another angle, it's like when this isn't like pleasurable to me, I'm not going to ride with this entity, whether it be I'm, a team or something else, yeah. through the tough times too. This is it a, better not bleed over into the way you do other things. That's all. This is exactly what I was talking about the other day when there's an inverse relationship between toughness and quality of life. You don't want to endure the bad times. And what that doesn't mean, that means you're not going to be tough. I'm more open-minded on this, but they're making great points, you have to say. The Kissing Cousins. Sure. Sometimes you have to endure the bad times. I think it's more just getting old and, like, wondering. You know, when you go down to those Super – the Super Bowls have changed it a little bit for me, being there in person. Like, going down to the locker room, like, when they've won and lost or whatever, and it's just like, oh, here are all these guys – but it's like there's not really any difference between the Patriots guys and the Rams guys or the Eagles guys. And it's like they're all just these like millionaire athletes that wear this uniform for a short time in their life. It's just life. laundry. They don't really have as just much. Just laundry. And then you're just like, okay, well, for stories. it's a little different. Wes, I, I know what you're talking about, the, the toughness, the battle. The Yankees had like three 85-win seasons in a row oh, man. In the oh. early, this, earlier this decade. and it, You stuck with them I through that? I stayed with them. <laughs> And but were you as into them those seasons? I was. I that's why. And again, I'm not but yeah, judging. Love- but I love the Yankees as much, probably more now than I did ten years ago, just because they were released from anything NFL related. Um, that's part of it too. Is we do this for our jobs. Absolutely agree with that. All right. Good talk. Big week coming up, so we're gonna have a show, um, an NFL.com free agency. What's the name of the program? Free agency live frenzy. No, I think they dropped Frenzy. No, we're not included with that. Uh, frenzy, for the most part. Free Agency Live is the hashtag. Okay, so we're we're doing a show today. Is that correct? It'll already have aired yes. by the time Holy anyone God. listens to it. But it will be on NFL.com afterwards. Yes, so we, we're doing two NFL.com video shows, and, and you could get the links from our Twitter pages or hopefully the Around the NFL Twitter handle. Uh, but this podcast, if you're, just a, if you're all about purity, oh, I just listened to the pod. 
and we don't judge you. You got a show um, Tuesday, Wednesday when uh, the official league year begins, the new league year begins, and then uh, Thursday we should have a show as well. So a lot of content coming your way in addition to our Wednesday um, Twitter show. We are productive. <laughs> That's it. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss, Kent Brown coming in with the breaking news. It's a first for everything, and we loved it. See you tomorrow, Kenny. Till Tuesday. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.